Coming up on today's Locked on Dimebacks podcast, two D-backs targets were taken off the market, but did the D-backs actually dodge a bullet by not going after them? And then part two with Sully Baseball, where he gives you a little history lesson on Jackie Robinson, all on today's Locked on Dimebacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at creatorthomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends and tell your friends to go hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. We're trying to hit 300 subscribers by Christmas. So please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube. But on today's podcast, we got part two with Sully Baseball, where we go, I don't know if back in time is the right word, but he gives you a history lesson on Jackie Robinson about more than just the mythology of him, because we always talk about the mythology of Jackie Robinson, but I think we forget that Jackie Robinson was a fighter, and he, we know about how he broke the barriers as we got into baseball, but I think we forgot how much he actually had, how much resistance he saw and how much he fought back against that resistance of Jackie Robinson. We always think he was this peaceful gentleman, and he was, but he wasn't afraid to fight either. So that's what we talk about with Sully Baseball. But before we get there, this MLB free agency, it's been rocking since day one, where you don't have to wait till the final month of the season, wait for pitchers and catchers to report to spring training before we see all the big time free agents get signed, like we saw a couple years ago in 2019, where I think the Manny Machados and the Bryce Harpers of the world were still unsigned until damn near a few weeks out of spring training. They go to this offseason, yeah, there's still big time free agents like Rondon and the Carlos Correa's of the world still out there, but it's not because of lack of interest. Like we see all these teams out there spending a lot of money this offseason. And maybe the contract just aren't right for those guys. Maybe teams just may, you know, maybe there's something with those guys' personalities, an injury, something like that. I don't know what the reason is, but maybe they just weren't as highly favorited as some of these other guys that got picked off already during this free agency period. And speaking of guys that got picked off, we saw a couple of D-backs targets get picked off off this offseason market because Christian Vasquez, one of the catchers on the free agent market that the D-backs were looking at, has signed a three-year, $30 million deal with the Minnesota Twins. And really like that for the Twins. Big boy catcher. The Twins had Gary Sanchez there last year. And the Gary Sanchez experiment, I mean, I don't know what the future for Gary Sanchez holds. I believe he's a free agent right now. Still, like, can... Still got some of the best pop you've seen from a catcher, but other consistent offensive production outside that, not very good. Still strikes out a ton. Not a great defensive catcher. Vasquez just provides that stability behind the plate. 
pure catcher, can throw out runners, good at framing, solid contact hitter as well. So he offers some offensive value. And for the D-backs, I think when you look at that Christian Vasquez contract, you're not afraid of a three-year, $30 million deal. But I don't feel like you have to go out there and sign a Christian Vasquez when you have a Carson Kelly. I feel like you feel like Carson Kelly's just fine when you compare him to a Christian Vasquez. That doesn't feel like a super upgrade. I do think Vasquez is a more reliable catcher, but there's still more offensive potential, still more just untapped potential with the Carson Kelly. And he may never reach his ceiling, but he's still fine. He, he's still in the same ballpark of a Christian Vasquez. They're not like entirely uh, different players. They're not playing on two different fields when you compare the two players. So, so a Carson Kelly is definitely just as good as a Christian Vasquez. So I'm not Surprised that the D-backs didn't go out there and sign a Christian Vasquez. I thought it would have been a good move, but I don't think a Vasquez is someone that you signed to back up a Carson Kelly. I think if you sign a Christian Vasquez, then you would have had to trade Carson Kelly and made Christian Vasquez your everyday starter because they're both also right-handed batters. So I don't think you were doubling down with two righty catchers behind the plate. And so for the D-backs... Vasquez was too good. I think they were looking for more of a backup catcher to platoon where Carson Kelly, probably a left-handed catcher to platoon where Carson Kelly. Maybe they just stay internal with the Dalton Varsho to back up Carson Kelly. But I am I wish we got Christian Vasquez. I like him a lot, but he's not worlds better than Carson Kelly. And you would have had to trade a Carson Kelly if you signed a Christian Vasquez. I don't think the D-backs would have just given up on Carson Kelly for nothing. So... I think that's a big reason why we didn't see Christian Vasquez come to the D-backs. Good move for him to go to the Minnesota Twins. And then another target that we had among catchers for the D-backs was Sean Murphy. And he was part of a three-team deal. We saw Sean Murphy get sent to the Atlanta Braves. And the Brewers were also in this deal with the Oakland A's. The Brewers got William Contreras, Joel Papas, and they gave up some players. Oakland A's got a whole bunch of random players back, and I'm not going to go through every player in this deal, but my overall takeaway was it, it, it didn't cost a lot to get Sean Murphy. It took a bunch of random just lottery tickets, but really, I think I would have wanted to be the Brewers in this deal. I think if I was the D-backs, I'm okay not getting Sean Murphy. I would have wanted to get William Contreras back in this deal if I'm the D-backs because, listen, Contreras might not be, uh, uh, he might not even be a better pure catcher behind the plate there Carson Kelly but offensively William Contreras is like a dude that can hit 30 plus home runs like William Contreras has one of the sweetest swings in baseball he's a pure offensive catcher he can legit put up he, he was an all-star last year with the Atlanta Braves with the numbers he put up so I would have liked the D-backs to get in this deal and been the Milwaukee Brewers in this and maybe give up like a Dominic Fletcher or Dominic Canzone Buddy Candy some random players or whatever from your system but if you're getting back William Contreras back I know he's a righty, and I know Carson Kelly's a righty, but I would have moved a Carson Kelly in a William Contreras deal. I would have been the team sending Carson Kelly back to the Oakland days so he could bring in William Contreras because offensively, what he can do behind the dish, I think is really special and really important. So I'm mad the D-backs weren't the third team in that three-team deal because I would have loved for the D-backs to have been the Brewers in that situation because I thought the Brewers absolutely won that deal. I like Contreras better than Sean Murphy. Look, no Sean Murphy by the numbers is his great defensive catcher, but offensively, I think he's a little overrated and I always would rather have a great offensive player that's a question mark as a defensive player than a great defensive player that's kind of a offensive liability so I would uh, I think it's a lot closer between William Contreras and Sean Murphy in terms of how those two players should be evaluated and then plus the Brewers got back a pretty solid reliever and Joel Bayampas too I don't even know how to pronounce his last name 
Bayamps, Joel Bayamps. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's a pretty solid reliever. And you get him and a Contreras back if you're Milwaukee, that's a win for them. Then the last big move that we saw today in free agency, um, I gave, I made him a fake D-backs target on my Friday podcast when we do free agent Friday. And I talked about players the D-backs should pivot to to make us feel better about Xander Bogarts. And one of those players on that list was Chris Bassett. If I had to do it on a meter between one out of 10 of how likely I thought Chris Bassett was coming to the D-backs with 10 being most likely, I probably would have had it at like a two. Like I definitely didn't have any feel for Chris Bassett coming to the D-backs, but I would have loved him on the D-backs. I thought he would have been a perfect number two, number three starter right there behind uh, a Zach Allen in the mix with a Merrill Kelly. But now he goes to he goes to the Toronto Blue Jays, three-year, $60 million deal, 63, I believe. So he's getting $21 million a year, just as what we projected. And the Blue Jays rotation is looking very stacked because you got Alec Manoa, who could have won the Cy Young Award last year, along with Kevin Gosman, two legit top 10 Cy Young candidates last season. And then you also got Jose Barrios, who, listen, was terrible last year, but they did give him a pretty fat contract where he's making around $20 million a year. And now you got those three. Hopefully, Barrios back, bounces back. But Barrios now is going to be like your number four starter with Chris with Chris Bassett as your number three. Like Manoa, Gosman, excuse me, Manoa, Gosman, Bassett, and then whatever you get from Barrios. Like that's going to be a pretty stacked one, two, three rotation if you're the Toronto Blue Jays. So Big move for them. They really upgraded themselves. They really look like one of the strongest teams in the American League. I know I wasn't a big fan of them trading away T. Oscar Hernandez this past season, but they just built up their rotation a little bit more. So I'm okay with the trade-off of looking at it basically like they traded T. Oscar Hernandez for Chris Bassett. If you look at that deal through that prism, and then it feel then you feel a lot better about this Blue Jays offseason when you look at it through that kind of prism. So Love that move for the Blue Jays, getting Chris Bassett. Never thought he was going to be a real D-backs target, but Bassett to the Blue Jays will make them that much stronger and that much more of a contender to hopefully take down the Houston Astros in the American League next season. Now, if you want to bet on the Blue Jays being one of the best teams in the American League next season, you need to head to BetOnline.net because BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Every Sunday morning when I wake up before the NFL slate of games, I head to BetOnline.net and I see which games do I want to sprinkle a little money, do a little parlay before the games start. Usually, it involves the Saints and Chris Olave getting an over under his yards usually involves taking the under on the Vikings team total. But whatever it is, you need to go to betonline.net to place your bets because you get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you even can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info and fix in. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Better line where the game starts. So for the third segment, we're going to be talking about Wakanda Forever. Hey. Before we started, before just the, just the, that that was just made to make Miller laugh. Um, before we hit record, uh, both of us had seen the new Marvel film Wakanda Forever, uh, the sequel to Black Panther. Um, 
the 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 massive blockbuster from one was it 2018 2019 yeah yeah something like that and uh man not a dry eye in the house when they see the images of chadwick boseman in that movie great <laughs> by the way on un- un- should have won. I mean, look at no offense. Anthony Hopkins is a great actor. He won the Oscar. God forbid we praise Anthony Hopkins. But uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman and Ma Rainey was un- unbelievable performance that he gave it. And uh, he was Jackie Robinson yep. in uh, in 42, a film I have mixed feelings about. Mm. A film I have some mixed feelings about. I think it's technically brilliant um, and very good performances. Chadwick Boseman's great. Harrison Ford's eyebrows were spectacular. Um, uh, there's a it, it was more of the mythology of Jackie than some of the reality of his story, which I um, like. For example, the whole scene when Pee Wee Reese puts his arm around him uh, in the in front of the hostile crowd in Cincinnati. There's no record of that ever happening. There's no there's no evidence that that happened. Jackie never mentions that in his own biography. There's no, There were reporters, not just white reporters, but black reporters who were following every move that Jackie made that entire season. It was huge news. Not one contemporary paper mentioned that happening. It, it several years later, and, and even the way it's staged in the movie, he, Pee Wee Reese would have to run across the diamond to first base to put his arm around him. And because it was, it's very awkward. Several years later, in a game in Boston, when Jackie had moved over to second base, and Pee Wee was a, there was a moment when there was a hostile crowd, and Pee Wee put his arm around him. But it may have been just to discuss. I got, I got, I'm going to cover first base. You know, there were, there were. Um, uh, I'm going to just say something. I don't want anyone to think I'm trying to be woke or anything. I'm just being. Oh, you know, I think that. that. I think something like that is in there to make someone like me feel better. Okay. That's in there. So if I'm a, if I'm a white member of the audience, say, oh, I would have been like Pee Wee. I would have mm. been the people. No, no, I would have been that guy. That totally would have been me uh, instead of sort of telling it from, uh, from his point of view. There was also, um, there was a fellow named Bankhead. I forget his name, Luke Bankhead. I'll have to look it up. Um, do you know who he was? I have no idea. He was an African-American player who briefly was Jackie's teammate in 1947. Mm. You would think that would be an important plot point in the film. Uh, yeah. I didn't... All of a sudden, he's not alone. You would think that him taking a young player under his wing, saying, okay, now there's someone else here. You would think that that would be, I don't know, Carl, I'm not a screenwriter, but don't you think maybe that little moment or the fact that when he was integrating the game, Cleveland did as well, bringing in Larry Doby and bringing in Satchel Page. You would think that maybe that would be a, an interesting thing to explore. And again, I think a lot of that was to emphasize the martyrdom of Jackie rather than looking at I have here's a pet peeve I have, and again mm. I'm, I'm opening this up. And again, uh, write the letters at me. Uh, this writing project I'm doing about the 1972 World Series. Jackie Robinson is a big part of this writing project because Jackie Robinson made his final public appearance at the 1972 World Series and died days later. And he gave a speech where he 
we were very grateful because it was the 25th anniversary. But the last words he said were, I'm going to be a lot happier when I see a black face is managing in the major leagues. Thank you very much. His last things he said publicly was a little bit of a middle finger. And Jackie's whole life was being a fighter and giving middle fingers to people and picking fights and picking fights in the media and picking fights with this. But there's been this sort of weird fetishizing of making him a martyr, not fighting back. And I think the film emphasized that mythology of him instead of the more interesting person who was a very vocal fighter and a very passionate fighter and someone who was not someone just taking the abuse. He fought back big time. And so I felt that movie focus while incredibly well-intentioned and well-made and all that stuff. And if you knew nothing about Jackie, it's a wonderful introduction to him. But I think it focused too much on fetishizing the abuse he took, but throwing in enough stuff so someone like me can feel better about myself. And I, and I think the real person was more interesting than the myth. That's my take on that. Wow. I, mean, I had I had no intention of talking about this except the fact that you and I saw Wakanda Forever recently. Yeah, yeah. We chatted about that, but yeah, I, 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 I if you read his autobiography, um, uh, you know, I never had it made. Um, I remember when I someone was saying stuff about um, Kaepernick uh, on you know negative things about Ka- Kaepernick on social media, and the person would say, "Why couldn't this person be more like Jackie Robinson?" And so I started throwing out, what about this Kaepernick quote? Like, I, I could never salute the flag. This is not my country. This is not man, for, you know. And I said, I said yeah, why? you never hear Jackie say that. I said, actually, no, that's actually from the Jackie Robinson autobiography. Like, mm. there's a bunch of things that, you know, that, um, yeah, yeah. He's not, he's not the, the, you know, the silent fighter you think he is. And today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe because... Locked on Diamondbacks, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays this season. Give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked on Diamondbacks listeners 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off because here's why I love Simply Safe. It was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report a third year in a row. In emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get higher priority police response. Simply Safe is a whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and out. Smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real. And even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. With the top rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control over your system. Arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras or adjust system settings anytime, anywhere. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash lockdown MLB today. That's simplysafe.com slash lockdown MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Anyway, I, I didn't mean to get on a soapbox there, but uh, okay. it's, it's uh, 
No, and we we were talking about him pre-show too because I gave you the fun fact there are three D-backs players that have you know retired numbers and yeah. one Randy Johnson, Luis Gonzalez. Who's the third guys? Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Yeah, Jackie Robinson. Jackie yeah. Robinson. Yeah. Anyway, that's just maybe I don't know if I'm the one who should be talking about this or not, but it's just that's mm-hmm. my uh, again. I, I the film it's the film as a film is a fine film. It's a good movie. I'm not, and and I'm very happy it was a hit movie. You know, I was very, you know, for a lot of people was like their introduction to him. So I I have to take that, you know, not everyone's read three or four biographies of the man. So maybe it's a good way to, to, to have. But the inclusion of the Pee Wee Reese mythology and not including Bankhead in it, to me, is saying you're focused more on this myth to make us feel better, you know, me feel better than to tell the more interesting story. And that's just my take. And 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 don't throw your emails at Miller. Throw them at me if you're saying you woke liberal. Blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna need my third eye open now. The next yes. rewatch of 42 because I didn't. You just dropped hella knowledge on me, Sully, and the rest of the listening audience. I, I didn't have my research up on Jackie Robinson, but now I gotta rewatch it with a new perspective. Thank you. Yeah, read 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 his autobiography. It's a really well. I've read his biography again. I'm doing this for my 1972 World Series project, and um and it's uh it's it's. Very passionate, uh, and and he's he's he he uh, he fought with Malcolm X, you know that uh, through the through the media, like mm-hmm. they they he would write articles. He had a he had a column that he wrote, and a lot of times would go after a lot of other uh, uh, civil rights leaders, and they went after him. I mean, he was he didn't he did not care who he upset, and uh, he was a very interesting guy. Uh, remember the Republican Party until the Goldwaters took over and then uh and then he supported Nixon over Kennedy but then was then became very anti-Nixon when Nixon lost his damn mind so anyway yeah I didn't mean to preach you know you know what's funny thing is again um before we started recording this I said I'm gonna go I'm gonna go preach today and I was totally joking and now I'm starting to preach yeah, I'm just sitting here. I'm listening. I'm taking in the word of Sully right now. Getting Justify. a little lesson in. Yeah, again, we got hit with the Holy Ghost right there, Sully. You had to just go on lower end real quick. And let it be said. Mm. Amen. Let me read from the book of Built Bars. Okay. Okay, let's see how many more people I can offend today. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm trying to... No, I'm I don't think that... you even said anything offensive. I don't think I worried about getting canceled. I think sometimes... I think sometimes the real person... I'm a history buff. When you read about the real people and you read about some of the some of their flaws and some of their character traits, the real people I find more interesting than the mythology. The real Dr. King is more interesting than the mythology of Dr. King. The real George Washington is infinitely more interesting than the mythology of George Washington. The real Mother Teresa is more interesting than the the the, the sort of the deified Mother Teresa, which makes you no less an admirable person. It's just, she's, it's, these are more interesting people. The, the, the real Harriet Tubman is, is more interesting than the myth. And so I always think that when you, there's someone who has been kind of deified, I always say, I want to read a biography to see what that person was really like. And they, they wind up usually becoming more interesting and in many ways more admirable because you see that they're a person of, who had flaws and had character things that, that they weren't demigods and that made what they did even more admirable. 
And and I think there are few people in the world I admire more than Jackie Robinson in in our history. I went to Jackie Robinson Day in L.A. last year where 100-year-old Rachel Robinson was there. I started crying. I'm like, going, that's the real that's, – that's her. She's 100. She's still with us. And all the players were wearing 42. I think they were playing the Diamondbacks. And they were, no. all the players were wearing 42. Very emotional because it was the 75th anniversary of the breaking of the color barrier. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there, Magic Johnson. All these famous people were there. And yeah, I got I teared up. Um, and there's few people in the world I admire in, in our in our history more than Jackie. I just think the real person is more interesting than than the myth. Mm, you know, because he's a because he's a flawed man, therefore what he his strength he showed wasn't from like a supernatural power, it came from his actual strength and courage. Yeah, he started the whole modern era. So I, I don't, I don't know how much more you want to go in on Jackie Robinson. Oh, and what beyond just baseball? I mean, yeah. you could you could pinpoint the momentum of the civil rights movement to you know the starting the forcing people to examine their beliefs based on what he did in 1947, uh, and which is one reason why I think sports is one of the great equalizers. You know, it forces people. You know, another person I've read a lot about whose re- reality is more interesting than the mythology is Clemente. And when Clemente was playing, they a lot of the press insisted on calling him Bob or Bobby because Roberto was too Latin. And they try to portray any Latin players as not as smart because they can't really speak English as if they could speak Spanish. And it took a while for people to say, hey, wait a minute, the smartest guy in this team is the guy from Puerto Rico. And the the stereotypes that that has destroyed, the stereotypes that an Ichiro has destroyed, and the the stereotypes of of that, you know, Hank Greenberg and Sandy Koufax destroyed. When you see people who are bursting through um our our stereotypes, a lot of times it's through sports because it's you know, you can't fake it. If you hit the home run, if you struck out the batter, if you got the out, there's no denying that, you know. So, anyway, remember we said we weren't good, sure what we we're going to talk about the third segment. <laughs> I didn't realize it's going to turn into this. All right, but hopefully I didn't upset. I know what I could have said that could have been possibly upsetting to anybody. I don't think you said anything but facts there, Sully. There you go. I'm just laying down some reality to you. Laying down some real. Welcome to uh, Locked On Reality. Yeah, I just I just felt like I took in like a history class or something. I just sat back and listened, and I, I should have taken some notes or something. I feel like I need to give you a report at the end of. I this. am twice your age. Remember that? Mm. I, it broke my heart a little bit. It's like I can imagine when you're 60 years old. Like, oh, you mean 10 years <laughs> older than I am now? That's that a long ways away. Ancient Mariner. That's right. I am the ancient Mariner. Do you know how you know that? Oh, oh! There we go. Shirt. I'm wearing a Mariner shirt. Uh, for the audio l- listeners, Sully's currently stripping, so please head to. The All right, <laughs> and which brings us to Blue Chew. Okay, um, <laughs> I think we better end this. We better let's end this nightmare. Uh, tell people where they can listen to your show. Listen to my show, Locked on Dimebacks. You can follow us on Twitter at CreatorTimes24 for my personal account or look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter, Instagram, and of course, follow us on YouTube, Locked on Dimebacks on there as well. All right, thanks for making Lockdown MLB your first listen today. For second listen, check out Lockdown Diamondbacks. Third listen, you know what to do. Check out Lockdown Sports Today. It's available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow me at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. 
preaching the book of Locked On. This has been your pal Sully with Miller Thomas. Let's give ourselves a righteous fist pump and call it a Monday. Amen. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage. Insight, there was an American League team that's been sniffing around the D-backs outfield, so we might discuss that rumor. Thank you for making Locked On Dimebacks your first listen every day. Make your second listen of the day, the Locked On Sports Today podcast, where you go behind the scenes, be on the scoreboard with insights from your local experts, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.